Welcome to a new episode of Outside the Panels with your host, Johnny the Machine Hughes. Welcome everyone to a new episode of Outside the Panels. As promised, as promised on the last Flipside Focus, which aired last week, um, I am here with uh, my one of my new favourite writers to talk about my new favourite book, uh, Tony Fleece of Stray Dogs fans. Do, I've got to say, I have to say, I absolutely love Stray Dogs. I went out and bought it. Look at that. I bought it. All all the issues. I have In them. person. I love it. Yeah. I, I, it's Thank you for, first of all, thank you so much for taking some time out to do this because I have been a fan um, of the book since, well, I'm going to be honest, since issue two, I was, sure. I was behind, behind the curve on this That's one. Um, I see a lot of books to review for Comic Crusaders. Got issue number two, was hooked immediately, straight down my local comic book shop, put it on order. So, nice. There you go. So I have, I have the actual, I have the actual copies. There you go. Check them out. That one's upside down. That's how organized I am. There you go. I've been down there. These are expensive now. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> uh, so, Tony Fleece, thank you very yeah. much for taking time. Tell us how how did you break into comics? Because because dog horror Disney tropes aren't normally your thing, are they? No. Yeah. I mean, uh, cartoons is definitely normally my thing. I've been drawing My Little Pony for uh, since 2012, uh, so almost almost nine years now, more than eight years. Um, and that was pretty much my main job. That's what, if people knew me in comics, that's what they knew me from. Mm -hmm. um, I did some creator owned stuff before. My very first book was a creator owned book that came out through a real small press publisher. Uh, it was called In My Lifetime and it was an autobiographical thing. Okay. Um, and then I did a book at Oni in 2015, 2016 called Jeff Steinberg, Champion of Earth uh, with Josh Vialkov, who's a buddy of mine. Um, and, but I've mostly just been doing licensed comics. You know, I draw ponies, I draw Star Wars and uh, Rick and Morty. Um, and so this is my first, you know, like I've written some My Little Pony stuff, but this is the first writing that people have seen from me in, you know, in many years. Right. Um, yeah. So when you say licensed stuff, because a, a lot of people, um, a lot of comic book fans turn sometimes turn their nose up. It's like, oh, it's a licensed book. And they don't realize that like the big characters like Bats and Superman and Wonder Woman and Spider-Man and Captain America, all that, they're pretty much licensed books yeah. in everything but name only, right? Right, yeah. They, they're owned by a corporation. They just happen to have a publisher uh, that doesn't have to pay a licensing fee, although I wonder if they do anymore. I don't know how it works. But well, well, yeah, the books that I work for, generally, they pay somebody else to make the books. So it's, I mean, or Hasbro or whatever. Yeah, so tie-in license books have been around since God knows when. You had Rom back in the seventies, and you've had Micronauts, and you had—I mean, McDonald's Star Wars, yeah, perfect, yeah. That's going back some time, that one. Yeah, of course. Um, so, do you feel that animation is kind of your forte, and you kind of fell into comics, or have you always well, been like a, a comic guy? And my natural drawing style is real cartoony, and so it works out that there's a. A whole bunch of work doing that and sort of more and more mm. you know um drawing the way i draw there's there's a lot of work for that and so that's just worked out well for me and and i definitely understand the sort of like um like sort of being put in a category or a, you 
like a corner. Like this is those kind of comics, kids comics or whatever. Uh, because I guess if I didn't work on them, I probably would think about them similarly. But you know, from this, from from working in that in that field and in, in those comics for so long, you sort of understand like what their deal is and what they're there for. So like, I meet all kinds of people that are like, oh, my kids learned to read from those comics, you know, or this yeah. is what got me into comics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the main, you know, mainstream comics, but it's the it definitely has a place. Um, and, and also I've got to sit there and do my, you know, over a thousand pages, you know, I just sit there and sort of put in work and, and, and figure out storytelling. You know, when I started on my little pony, I'd done a few comics, but now I've done, you know, over 50 issues, you know, it's just storytelling, mm. just going in there, trying things or just figuring out, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And a lot of that, stuff that I picked up there, I can put into my other stuff. A lot of that just came right through the straight ups. All right, cool. So My Little Pony, I'm going to be honest, I've never read a single My Little Pony book in my life. But I do know that there is a huge, it is huge. There's a whole, there's a whole community. Bronies, is that what they're called? Yeah. That's what they're called, yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, sort of surprised me. But also super cool because, you know, having done independent comics and like small stuff before that, it it was just like all of a sudden, to a certain group of people, it's like you draw Batman or something like. Yeah. All of a sudden, I draw the one thing they like most in the world, and so for that whole eight years that I've been doing it, there's a whole other world of like just pony conventions or just pony fans and stuff where, you know, I make a a great living at it just because there's this super dedicated fan base that is always mm. there to pick it up. It's um, so here's a quick question then. Did you worry about alienating the kind of my little pony fans um, with stray dogs? And I kind of, the way I'm kind of thinking about this, I remember back in the day when Tom Cruise did interview with a vampire yeah, and loads, loads of Tom Cruise fans went to the movie expecting it to be all Top Gun and, a few yeah. good men, and of course, it's not. It's all bloom, gore, and all this, and people yeah, yeah. ran out like, "Oh my god!" You know. So, do we worried about the kind of alienation element there? Uh, no, not really. For me, my version <laughs> of that, I went and saw, uh, I went and saw Spring Breakers, and there were tons of people in the theater that I could tell were just Disney Channel fans, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just like, "Oh, Selena Gomez," you know, like, uh, and they got up and left immediately. Like, this is not what we're here for. Um, <laughs> now, I wasn't really worried about alienating them. I was more just curious if they would, if some of them would come along. I knew like the majority of them, it was not there. I mean, it looks like cute animals. So there's that, Mm -hmm. but like they're into the friendship and the magic and Mm. there's friendship in our book, but there's no magic. And there's a lot of like, you know, horror and and terror. So all five issues of stray dogs are out in the shops now. So we're going to talk about the book. Um, I am wary. I do not want to give any secrets away about the book what i want to do, people to do is go have a look find the thing read it because that's what that's what we're here for we're not yeah you know, so so no no spoilers all right so if you want to find out who done what you're gonna to have to check somewhere else for that i'm afraid all right um so let's we'll get do, into it let's go say on. slight spoilers because otherwise it's just impossible to talk about yeah well so. well i'm not naming names I'm, I'm not okay. naming names. That, that's kind of that's that's my line. I'm not I'm not n- naming names. Well, we'll see. Spoilers for issue one. How's yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. Fine. All right. Okay. So, how did you come up with the story then? 
how did what, what what was the sort of like the germ that kind of like went oh yeah why don't we why don't we cross disney with with the movie seven and see what yeah. happens uh, so i was watching a, a tv show um it was uh the bates motel the norman bates show right yeah yeah i've seen that and uh I got up to, to leave the room, and when I left, Norma Bates did not have a puppy. And when I came back, he did have a puppy. And I was like, where did this puppy come from? You know, like, all of a sudden, I was just real curious about, like, did he kill somebody? Did he take their puppy? You know, that was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> and my, my friends were like, no, he, like, he didn't kill anybody. He just found this puppy. And But then I was already off in this other direction. I was just like, oh, it's a cool idea if, he, if somebody kills somebody and takes their puppies. Um, and, and it's sort of like the t- takes dogs as trophies, like that. That's sort yeah, of what I like, first started thinking about. Yeah, like um, a Sinatra type effect. Yeah, and but then I I uh, started tumbling around in my head, like, all right, well then, how do you tell that story? You tell mm. the story from the cops' perspective; they're chasing, they're looking for lost dogs, or from the killer's perspective, like a Henry portrait of a serial killer, where he's taking mm-hmm. like that. That seemed awful, um, but then because I'd worked in funny animal comics for so long um it seemed very natural to just go like well what if it's from the pers- if it's from the perspective of the dogs then that's different and that's a story you want to see and that's something you haven't really seen before so yeah. that's how it, it came together pretty quickly like over the course of a couple hours i had the idea and i sort of had a few big moments like i knew what happened at the very end uh-huh. um and i knew some of the stuff that happened in the middle like i had a lot of uh I had the first issue pretty well figured out, like, uh-huh. like bare bones. So it, it came together pretty quickly in my mind. And then from there, I just went and hammered on story and outline for a long time and sort of just try and nail it all together as best I could. Well, this is issue one that we're having a look at. Um, and who's this little character? This is Sophie. That's the main character in the book. Yeah, Sophie, uh, Sophie's a good girl. She's scared. She's nervous about things. Yeah. Um, and she goes to a new house, and uh, the, she's at the vet, and the vet tells her lady that uh, dog memories aren't super great, so she doesn't have to worry about, you know, like, yeah. Sophie being worried about going to vet all the time. She probably doesn't even remember. Yeah. Um, but, tell, tell so then she shows up at this new house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mine too. <laughs> mine gets excited if we're just going in the car. He loves it. Uh, um, cool. But, yeah, she goes to this new house, and it's full of all these dogs, and she doesn't quite know how she got there. Mm-hmm. And so it's a story of them sort of figuring out first she figures out that that their master killed her lady and then she yeah. has to try and convince all the rest of them. Yeah, and, and that's that's the main crux, isn't it? It's that kind of it's that kind of Sophie has this belief, this inherent in, inherent belief that something's gone wrong. And all the other yeah. dogs are kind of like, Yeah, we're all right, we're just chilling, we're doing our thing. And um she befriends Rusty, right? Yeah. I always, I, I, Rusty's like the Steve McQueen of the dogs. Yeah, I describe him as the Billy Joel because Billy Joel yeah. played that character in, in Oliver and Company. Uh, see, cool you know, I've got to, I've got to give a quick shout out there because um, I was so impressed with this book. Um, both uh, my wife has looked has read it, and one of my colleagues in my day job, Jolie, uh, has read it, and she you took like, it out to the real world. I did, honestly, yeah. This is what I do. If I find a comic that I think is transcends the idea that people think superheroes are comics and that's it, well, then yeah. if I see something that makes me emote, I'm going to share it with people. 
And yeah. and Julie had mentioned that she'd like liked horror and she liked Disney. So I kind of said, "Oh, I've I've got a book for you. I know what I know exactly what you'd like." And I, I brought her the books, and um, she read them after I gave her grief for not reading them the first time. Shame on you, Julie. Um, <laughs> and then I was, I was talking about the Disney aspect. She was, "Oh no, it's Oliver and Company." I was like, "Yeah, what? Why?" So yeah, Julie, I'm you, I can't believe I'm going to have to say this, but Julie. You were right. I was wrong. There you go. Yeah. Don't say that. Don't say it often at work. But there you go. We're, we're working on a thing right now. Um, a buddy of mine painted the original poster for Oliver and Company, and we uh, hired him to do like a like an incentive cover for for down the line. Like it feels yeah. real full circle. You know, going to have the actual get the guy to do it. I'm psyched about it. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Um, is is the so is the seven vibe is that the true influence i mean you talked about base motel being the kind of like the rabbit hole by which you drop down but i mean a lot of other people have mentioned seven is is the kind of kind of like a, a resonance in there is that is that a fair assessment to make or do uh, I, don't think, I don't think it's specifically any one serial killer movie like it was just sort of like a collection of all the okay. all the serial killer stuff and true crime and sort of like i mean there's you know, the master has, um, you know, like dress forms in his house and he collects uh -huh. like, the clothing from people and stuff. So there's some like Silence of the Lambs in that, but yeah. I just tried to sort of make like a, uh, a, the only way that you know what he does, the master is through what the dogs know. Like the important yeah. thing about our story is that it's told completely from the dog's point of view. So we don't know anything that they don't. Yeah. And that was sort of nice for writing a serial killer because I didn't have to put my head in this place of like, what's his torture? How yeah. does he torture people? You know, like what's his whole thing? I could just go like, this is what the dogs see. And yeah. this is how they're able to piece it together. Um, but I, I never thought that he was like, as you can see in the story, like when you see him, he's not as tortured as like a, a Kevin Spacey in seven yeah, or like yeah, a yeah. Gum, you know, like he he looks like he operates in the in the world's you know sort of like a Ted Bundy did or um, yeah yeah there's there's elements of a strangeness in there I think but I yeah, yeah he's that but he, overall he comes across like a normal Joe he's, yeah he's not, like the guy, guy at your job that you're just like the guy's weird you know yeah if uh, if the guys at work are listening to this that that weird guy's not me just saying uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> they know who <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's the one who thinks he's not weird. All right, okay. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite dog? Oh man, I really like Imogene a lot. Um, Let me just, I just like the design of her. I like how huge she is. Yeah. She's hardly ever in the book because uh, she oh. just stays in one corner all the time. She oh, she makes an impact. No spoilers, sure. but yeah, she, for she, sure. make, she makes an impact. Um, um, I really like other, other Henry's based on. Uh, my ex's dog, and so I'm like very attached to that dog anyway, you know. Okay. Uh, and I love that he's just like a stupid idiot goofball, you know, because that's yeah. sort of how that dog was anyway. Um, I love them all. Like I, I love Earl, and I, and you know, like oh. I didn't love Earl when I was writing him most of the time, but uh -huh. you know, having gone on a on a journey with him and sort of like getting to really like zero in on what his deal is. Yeah, um, yeah, I love so all. I mean that make that leads into a really interesting question. Um, 
you, you've obviously spent time working on with these with these characters. You know, writing a comic book, it's not just a kind of um, wham bam, there you go, it's done. It takes time to to flesh these characters out. How how do you feel then? Um, minus spoiler alert here. Um, not all the dogs make it out alive. Sorry. <laughs> um, how do you feel when something bad has to happen to one of them? Because well, I, I mean, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you. A, I can't. I'm not going into specifics. So I'm not going to spoil it. But if I did not cry at the issue, I, I, cry, I must have cried at every single issue with, the, with this book, especially the end one, the end, the fifth issue. I was like, I, I just couldn't. I, I, again, I wasn't going to review the fifth issue because it's in my pull list to, to buy at the comic book shop. And I was like, I'm not going to review a comic that I'm going to have to buy. That's just pointless. I'm not going to get the joy of reading it for the first time. But when then I saw you got to sit there a week early. Yeah, yeah. and then so then I kind of it was there to to review, and I couldn't resist it. I had to find out what happened, and I I went straight in, dove straight in, halfway through the book. I've got tears. Then I'm then I've got tears for another reason. Then I'm smiling. I've got tears. Man, that's me reading the book. How do you yeah. feel writing it? You know, that's that's some stuff. Uh, thank you. Um, well, let me ask you this. In the preview copies that, that you got, were the two-page spreads two-page spreads, or were they one page after the other? Um, they were two pages. Okay. So it was like you'd see half of it, and then you see the other half? I, I, I have a I have a really, really cool program that um, if it's a double spread, the screen... Oh, it does in spreads. Okay, yeah, good. So... Yeah, because I, I was looking at the preview you had there, and I was just like, oh, no, is that how we saw it? That sucks. No, <laughs> no. like, issue five is, like, built around the idea that, like, just big splash pages and two-page yeah. spreads. It's just like, ah, ah, ah. Like, yeah, I, it's like, like, like Superman 75. Yes. For, for the geeks uh, who, who don't know what I'm talking about, Superman 75 is the battle of the doomsday, and as yeah. the battle reaches its crescendo, the panels got bigger from, like, qu quarter panels to half pages to like big pit to the splash page, you know, the one yeah. with the, the pole and the, the cape blowing in the wind and yeah. those crazy. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, no, well, so like I said before, I, I had the, the skeleton of the story pretty early on. Um, and so that meant some of these dogs, when we were creating them, I already knew what their fate was. You know, like I, I just had like, this happens and this happens. I sort of, because I'm confident as like a, a person that writes jokes or dialogue, mm -hmm. um, but I haven't done a lot of like Stray Dogs number two. Besides uh, from co-writing, Stray Dogs number two is the first issue two that I ever wrote. You know, like everything else is just one yeah. issue. Things. So I w I worked very hard on the plotting of it, and that was what was most important to get right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm really proud of it because I feel like I got it right. Um, but it took the most time. But so that means like I had, I knew that I could make them characters and I knew that mm -hmm. I could make care about them and stuff. And also I knew that Trish Forstner, the artist yep. was going to draw them so beautifully that like, even if I wrote them horribly, you would care about them just because they look so, <laughs> they just look so like sweet, innocent, yeah, cute. Good too. Good too. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, early on in the, in the uh, outlines, it was just like this, this dog meets its untimely end. You know, and then yeah, at, yeah. later on this dog, you know, so yeah. that was sort of like working backwards. Then it was like, I know this happens. So how do we make it so that that hits as hard as possible? So how do you then, how, cause I mean, that's, that's a different problem then, isn't it? Because, because now you know what, what the conclusion for a character arc is. 
Yeah. How do you get to care about them if you already know the ending? That's that's a different skill, isn't it? Yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, so put it like this. I mean, no. you you yeah, put it another way. You're an artist, right? So if you're, I like to do. I like to do. I tell everybody this. I doodle. But once I've done. I have this great idea. I'll do Spider-Man swinging in a city. So once I've done my Spider-Man bit, I can't be bothered drawing a city. Go ahead, go, go away. It's all straight lines. I don't want any of that. I just want to do my Spider-Man picture. Yeah. So all my good intentions goes. Yeah. So is yeah. it the same when you know what the conclusion of a character arc is? Uh, no, because the thing that we're working towards isn't the. Uh, the thing we're working towards is like the finished whole story. You know, the whole, like that's the, the whole, right, when we right. said we set out to do a thing, the thing we set out to do is like these five issues, uh -huh. you know, and then hopefully people read them, you know. Mm. So that's that's what we we're going for. So every page we did and every like as it progressed along, we we will continue to be propelled by the idea that like we I can't wait for people to see this. Cool. Excellent. Um, and it's funny you mentioned about the issue, too, because, you know, issue two, I think, probably has the most humor in it. Mm -hmm. you know, it has like the um the the fat joke that 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 I kind of double taked. I was like, "What? What's that?" And it, it, it's funny. It hit it hit the spot where it's supposed to. So that was good. And I think sometimes when I read so many comics, especially nowadays, um, storylines get elongated to fit like the trade paperback format. Yeah. Um, I personally think, and this is just, and I mean this is a compliment, so please take it as such. The way I've read this book is that. Issue one is one bookend. Two through four is the story, and five is the other bookend, and that's yeah, kind of, that's kind of how it feels. Now, normally you'd see for five issues, you, you get like two issues start, the, the, the transferal issue in number three, then like the final two issues be be in the kind of like the final arc. That's kind of how five issues would work. But yeah. for me, the, the the paradigm was totally shifted. It was like bookend story bookend is that is that am i wrong is that kind of uh no not really i mean the way we or the way i thought about it at least was i need the first two the first three issues basically i need to get people to trust us definitely you know? because at the end of three if you don't trust us you're not coming back mm -hmm. right and then i also knew that four was where i had to do all the damage like when I was outlining it for, is like, this is our horror movie. This is where everything gets real. Shit gets real moment, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and also I knew that like, if they didn't trust us already at that point, they're not coming back. And I knew that five was just all resolution. And from the, from the beginning of like laying out and planning the thing, it's the action issue. It's the chase issue. So by that point, I needed people to be all the way on board. So issues one and two are a lot of like, meeting the characters and having them be cute and interacting with them mm -hmm. and there's scares and stuff in there. And like, obviously there's a big twist in issue one mm -hmm. uh, where you find out, that, you know, that sh this guy killed her lady, or at least that's what she says. Mm -hmm. um, but both of those first two were just sort of like, like set up almost, you know, yeah. Second issue we set up the master. Like we tell you a little more about that. And if at the end of first issue, we're like, Maybe they're going to do a zig when we think they're going to zag and they're going to yeah. say like, no, he's just a nice guy. These, this dog's crazy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I feel like all the way up until four, there were people going like, yeah, I mean, you're going to find out that, that she's wrong about that. I yeah, feel like yeah, people yeah. are looking for another big twist. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, issues <laughs> yeah. one to uh, meet, meet the dogs, meet everybody, introductions, three scares, and then we start to break your heart. Mm-hmm. And then four and five are just when it just starts to really, yeah, you know, powerful. like if, if you weren't set up for it, like if somebody just read issue four first, they would just be like, this is horrifying. I'm not, you know, like I can't yeah. handle this, I would think. Totally. But what's weird is we were positive people were going to drop off after three. Like that's where we'll lose people. No. But it actually, that's where it ticked up, you know, like that's where we started. Definitely. So definitely, that, we did not expect that at all. No, the pace of the book's brilliant. I actually, you know, the, the the time you take to get to know the characters is what sells the the initial the, the 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 horror and the emotional aspect. If this was just like he's a dog, something bad happens. I mean, I mean, dogs are cute. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's like and you know, so you've you you've managed to sort of like I don't know transcend cynic cynic comic book reader. Right. Well, I've been reading comics for God knows how long. Been writing reviews for again God knows how long. You know and you managed to kind of like get in there and, and twist it around and bring out a book, which, you know, for me, if I get a vote on any, any sort of polls this year, this is my mini series of the year by far. So, oh, thank you so, much. so it's cool. Um, right. Yeah, we'll take yeah. a quick, sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I work real hard on the outline, like I said, and I always use two, whenever I start a new project, I pull out two things. There's uh, Peter David's writing for comics book has this very, childlike and cartoony three-act structure thing i have that um, book. yeah you were, you know that thing like it looks yeah, like, yeah, a, yeah. like a graph yeah 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 um, and he he does it with this man this monster and he sort of like plots he the points of that story i always look at that and i sort of think about that in terms of my story and then there's this great article online i can't remember who wrote it but they broke down aaron brockovich right. into the structure um and but did it by percentages okay. instead of uh acts so basically, it's like by ten percent into your thing, this should happen. By twenty percent into this should happen, okay. right, and that was very applicable to to comics because you could go, all right, five issues. So by you know twenty pages in, this should happen. Yeah. So cool. And yeah, then, I, I was very fastidious about that shit. When does that? I mean, because this is a five issue mini, it's image, so it's going to get trade paperbacked at some point. Yeah. When you're writing and you've got your five issue plan in your head, um. Do you worry about the trade? Because I mean, the good thing about reading floppies, I, I'm a yeah. I'm a I'm a floppy guy. Don't, yeah, I shouldn't I shouldn't really brag about that. I won't get a lot of fan mail. Um, still, <laughs> yeah, I'm married, so you know something works. Um, the um, so the structure of of the the, the single issue comic is twenty two and done. There's your cliffhanger. Yeah. Move on to the next. In a trade paperback, that can be repetitive for some people. So do you, when you write and you think I'm going to make this a five issue or a six issue or whatever, do you worry about the, the trade paperback implication? I just think, you know what, this is my story and I'm going with it. Yeah. I didn't worry about it in that way. That's the first time I've ever even considered that. (laughs) I'm just like, Oh no, are people going to get annoyed with the cliffhangers? But I think it's only, you know, there's only four cliffhangers. It's it's not Um, the cliffhanger pass. It's the following recap that has to come with it. Oh yeah. No, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to do, too, too much of that. I guess in that way, I was thinking about it as like a collection. And, but I was also thinking of the book as a complete object. And so I knew we were going to do previously ons. 
I knew we were going to do a, a page that just had all the characters and all their names. So that like when somebody starts a book, they can quickly refresh like, okay, yeah. that's what Earl looks like. Yeah. That's Victor, you know, like all these dogs. Yeah. Um, so that was sort of freeing because, and that's been going on since like, you know, 2000, whatever, like Bill yeah. Jemisar. Yeah, I was going to say Marvel do that. You know, they, Marvel um, must love it because they lose a page of advertising space to do that. Yeah. But it's great because you don't have to have everybody call each other by their first name. You know, it's not like, oh, yeah. hey, Henry, come over here. Hey, Victor. You know, like, yeah, that doesn't totally. sound real. So it, totally. it made it a lot easier to write a realistic-sounding uh, dialogue without having to, like, always go like, well, you know, we don't have good memories. Don't forget. <laughs> um, right. Okay. We're going to take a break. Hopefully remember where we left off. Um, because we're talking straight dogs and it's an image book, uh, we're going to run the Flipside Focus advert. Uh, Flipside Focus is our, he says, looking for the advert. Do I have the Flipside Focus? <gasps> Crisis in Thailand. I don't have the Flipside Focus. <gasps> the audio guy, I'm going to have a word with you. Don't we'll do you it live. All right, so here we go. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, check out um, well, my faves. Here we go. Do you want to find out what makes a professor do his happy dance? Check out the All Timers Comic Book Show only on the UCPN. There you go. Check out the <laughs> check out the Old Timers Show where they talk about comics from the uh, from at least uh, no earlier than twenty five years ago. There you go. So it's like old stuff. Um, for the Flipside Focus fans, yes, we're still doing Flipside. Yes, it's still massive. And don't forget the 31st of July, check out your Twitter feed because that is Buy Indie Comic Day. All right? So go check that out. Go and pick up an indie me. book. Go and buy Stray Dogs on My Little Pony. If you buy a Star Wars book, yeah, don't buy the Marvel one. Buy the I mean, Disney yeah. one. Yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, I like this, that Darth Vader a lot. Dr. Aphra, I'm okay with sometimes. Yeah, um, I quite like. So, my favorite era of Star Wars comics is the old Marvel stuff between Empire and Jedi, because I thought they learned the lesson from trying to do Star Trek between movies. Yeah. You know? So they turned around and were like, you know what? We're never going to find Han Solo, so we're going to even we're going to stop looking for him. We're going to do right. all this other stuff instead, and it was great. You know, I mean, you know, David McElhinney, uh, Ron Friends art and stuff. It was it was tipping. Tip top. I'm quite liking the bounty hunter storyline that's going on right now, but I uh, I hate a crossover, so I have all of it, and I'll read it sometime within the next year, and then yeah. I'll get caught up on everything again. I like I'm I'm on that and Avengers and some oh X Men. I'm back on X of Swords, so I just <laughs> where are you on Avengers? I'm screwed. You're not. Are you reading Heroes Reborn right now? Avengers. I have all of Heroes Reborn, uh, but I'm back. I just finished the Age of Khonshu. Right. So I'm at the Phoenix. Uh, good luck. <laughs> Jason's my guy. Like I love Jason Aaron's work a lot. Uh, he's one of the people that like uh, when I think about how I want to write something, I think about like how he would do it. him and and Brian Bendis and Brian K. Vaughn especially. So um, I, I mean that brings up yeah another good question. I have notes. I trust me, I have yeah. notes. How's it feel then? Because I mean, on the back of each comic. You get these lovely quotes yeah. by Brian Michael Bendis. You've got Jason Aaron, Scott Snyder, Kieran Gillen, Kyle Higgins. These are like 
these are like the top-notch current creators that are kicking yeah. around the world. How does, that make you, how, how does that make you feel when you see like you know those people? I mean, Scott Snyder was great on horror when he when he was on Detective. Black Mirror was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, American Vampire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great. Might have gone a little bit mainstream with Batman and Justice League, but we're not, we're not sure. going to hold that against him. But yeah, I mean, he's still a horror guy in his heart. I feel. I feel like he's got. He's doing more American Vampire right now, right? Good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, was it 1976? The is that the run? Or yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. No, that was cool. the last. One. I don't know. Yeah. I can't keep up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is, but yeah, uh, yeah. Him in particular, uh, I had I had no connection to i didn't know him he just uh when the book was coming out he read it or he might have messaged me and said like hey can you send me a pdf of this um and then he just really liked it that was you know that's a real crazy thing like brian michael bendis i sent an email to because i used to be on his message board and i knew that he uh -huh. still had that same he has this aol address that was has been his address for you know all <laughs> of comics yeah it's like <laughs> brian bendis uh, like, <laughs> like, don't uh, say it because people are just going to bombard him with stuff now. No, it's in the back of power. It's just like <laughs> one one three eight. You know, just like the dorkiest email address you could have. Uh, one one three eight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just emailed him cold and was and because Image said, "Hey, can can you get us some quotes for this thing?" Um, and he was always my favorite, and so I said, "Well, I mean, I guess I should start there." You know, like I feel like yeah. if, I, if he if he read it, I think this is the sort of thing you'd like. So, and he was very nice about it and sent me an email back like the next day. Like it, it was very, it was crazy. You know, like I never met Kieran Gillen. He same deal, just like tweeted at me that quote and said it was great. You know, says, I never expected people, we never expected anybody to read the thing, let alone like the people that we respect and stuff like that. Once, once Image picked up the book, we knew that there would probably be some people saw it, but we never expected it to be like a, successful or a hit or anything yeah. well i've been lucky enough i've interviewed scott snyder a couple of times and i've interviewed kieran gillen on one of our uh comic cons so both guys scott snyder is a genuinely he has got to be one of the nicest guys in comic books he is absolutely awesome. hot hearts bang on the right place lots of time for for daft questions you know and and yeah. you know what I, it was such a pleasure speaking to him um so well, and he, like, he's friends with a lot of guys that I know. And also he's, he always like the way he was a booster for my book, he's done for a lot of other books too. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's a cool move, you know, like when you have power in comics to, to be able to shine a light down and say like, don't for, don't miss this thing that you probably didn't mm -hmm. hear about. Definitely. So, definitely. I and mean, that's, that's a super cool move. And that's one of the things we love about uh, working on comic crusaders is the fact that, yeah, we're going to review the Marvel books and we're going to review the DC books, but you'll find that the majority of the reviews that go live on new comic book day are indie books. Right. Because we love indie books. We, we love the idea. We love the, the, the freeness of the ideas, the different types of stories you can tell, you know, are some of them tie-ins? Yeah. I mean, I just read the Buffy vampire slayer tea time book by Merca Randolfo and say, Oh man, that's fantastic. That is just like grin for grin. What one of the, a really good book. And, is that you know, this week? Yep, that's this week. It's out. Um, we're recording on Tuesday, so it'll be out when you start listening to this live. Go check it I, out. Uh, I haven't read any of the Boom Buffy stuff, but I like Mark Andolf. It's uh, yeah. So she's writing um, rather than drawing. But Saya Um from Lola XOXO oh, yeah. is who's the artist on that. She goes that's for a different great. cartoony style to match the Buffy verse rather than her normal style. Definitely yeah. good read, though. Definitely good. Cool. Read. All right, back to you. 
because we're talking about you. Um, yeah, so this Joe, <laughs> my, uh, yeah, if you know Merca, tell her come on because you know I like her stuff. Um, um, so <laughs> Jolie, my colleague from work, gave me a post it. Check this out with questions. All right, good. Yeah, questions. So, um, so we've done the Disney compare. Is there scope to make a prequel? So I've talked to I've talked to Julie and told her that there's a new book, uh, uh, Dog Days. Is it? Is that right? Yeah. Have I read that right? right. Um, Dog Days coming out. Um, and she and I said, well, I think that's a sequel more than you know. It's the next kind of like. The next chapter, dum dum dum, and it's kind of quite the question: is there a is there a prequel? Yeah, that's what Dog Days is. Uh, oh, there you go, Dog Days. Is the, yeah. so, Jolly, God damn it, you're right again. Jolly gets me. <laughs> uh, Jolly, I feel like being a Disney fan too. She would understand. <laughs> like, so they made Lion King, and then they made Lion King one and a half, or they made the Beauty and the Beast Christmas special, which takes place oh, yeah. during the movie Beauty and the Beast, you know, like it's just like they skipped over Christmas and then they went back and told a movie about Christmas. Uh, that's sort of what this is. And we always said from the original pitch, like um, this, the plot of this thing moves fast, uh -huh. but there's so many dogs because we just wanted there to be a lot of dogs because that makes the premise scarier, right? Like right. this guy kills people and takes their dogs. Well, Jesus, if there's 10 dogs, 20 dogs, uh, he's prolific you know like this guy's a real problem um so we always said if people like this and we're successful we want to go back and tell short stories anthology style about each of the dogs in the house perfect and so that's right. that's what dog days is it's it's uh cool. it's either one or two issues and they're short stories we're actually working on it right now today um uh, one or two issues and it's just short stories about every one of the dogs in the house sometimes it's like how the master got them sometimes it's just like a fun story or a happy story mm -hmm. sometimes it's a sad story it's just like a mix of things sort of all the emotions that you went through in in stray dogs uh i'm not sure condensed into like a short little yeah. i'm not sure my heart can take anymore the part that i struggle with with this one though is that it's this one is literally only if you read stray dogs but luckily now and with the trade coming out, like a ton of people will have read straight dogs. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's one of those, it's sort of like the, remember when Darwin put out that um, New Frontier one shot? Right. Yeah, yeah. It's a great little comic, but like, if you didn't read New Frontier, it's just like, yeah, nice drawings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Um, it, there's an obvious question to ask with the art style being so, I, I want to say Disney or sure. the animation style. Are there plans to have, especially with the recent influx of adult animation that's been kicking around, um, are there plans to to translate this into a more animated form? Because, I mean, Stray Dogs, it would work. Mm, yeah, they're working on it. We uh, we optioned it to Paramount um, before the book even came out. Oh, so okay. cool. they've been developing it for since, since about a year ago. Um, they haven't done like a full purchase, so we don't know that's going to be for real, for real. Yeah, yeah. But like they've optioned it, they paid us. Uh, okay. They've been they've been doing drafts of scripts and, and treatments and all sorts of stuff. So it's uh, it's produced by uh, a real good friend of mine, Gary Dalberman, who uh, was a screenwriter on like Stephen King's It. 
Okay. And two, and he wrote all the Annabelles and, uh, and produced all the Conjuring spinoffs. So he's like a legit right. horror okay. guy. My wife will be pleased. She loves all those movies. Oh, good. Um, yeah. And then the screenwriter is um, this guy, Mark Perez, who wrote uh, Game Night with, with right. uh, Jason Bateman, yeah. um, Rachel McAdams. Um, and so he's bringing like a lot of the character and humor that that movie had and sort of, and then Gary's and he's doing some scares and then Gary's going to put some extra scares in there too. So hopefully it's going to be a thing. We shall see. They want to do it as the first 2d animated horror movie. Really? Well, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah. I'm going to ask you a question about the back of the book. Um, there we go. But if you can see that, there's a picture of all these stray dogs. Yeah. Where, what, where, how? <laughs> Are these dogs you've <laughs> saved or what's going on with no. these? <laughs> no, in the first in the first two issues, we said, uh, hey, send us pictures of your dogs in the, in the letters column. And so people sent us pictures of their dogs. If you look in the first issue, it's just me and Trisha's dog. Right. And then the second one, the issue hadn't even come out yet by the time we went to print. So it's just like, six dogs people that worked on the book or like our, my sister's dog you know uh-huh. then by issue three we had this email at this gmail address you can see right there set up and people just sent pictures of their dogs hundreds and hundreds of them uh again you know we were not expecting to have <laughs> this many people read it let alone correspond with us but i think it's sort of a little bit of like a, people love their dogs and it's a little bit of a vanity thing you know like you put, put a picture of my dog in a comic book that's cool uh and but I think also just you know, people really like the book and they want to be in there. Oh, is this for me? No, this is my dog. There you go. This is my dog. Yeah, this is Bailey. <laughs> Johnny, did they not have uh, letters columns in the review copies? Did you not know about this? Uh, uh, do, you, do you know what? You I'm honest. I, to be honest, I am way too busy reviewing the re- reviewing books. You know, it's hard writing six hundred words about a comic book. You know, like six or Fair six enough. or seven times we a week. It. We appreciate reading just the comic part anyway. Yeah, so uh, that, that, that's barely. Straydogscomic at gmail.com. Send us that picture and uh, we'll, we'll get her in dog days. Yeah, excellent. Cool. That sounds like a plan. Okay. Um, so animation potentially. How's, it, how's that work? Because I, I see a lot of animated movies based on already existing material. Um, the Batman Long Halloween cartoon for example should just come out um i'm always confused why there's a screenwriter when you've got like the book <laughs> you know surely yeah. surely the graphics like that's like you play by play it's like dude this is the story there you go <laughs> what's it this screenwriter for <laughs> yeah well i, I feel like they're like it's a lot of it's translating but then a lot of it also mm-hmm. like on this one i know that they want to be pretty um pretty faithful but there's also places where you can uh, where you can extend stuff or just make things a little bit bigger. Um, mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't say, like, I haven't read drafts because I've been so, uh, I don't want to be influenced by anything while I'm still writing Stray Dogs and I'm still finishing up, you know, the, yeah, the dog that's, stuff. That's, so. that's, a, that's a fair shout. I, I see that a lot on Twitter. People, uh, writers saying, please don't send unsolicited scripts. Yeah. That's it. That's well, it. I mean, it, it impacts, it it, once it's in my head, how do I, how do I prove that I came up with it and you didn't and then stuff like right. that. So, yeah, so I, this I one I know it would be actually better. You know, like that guy's a, a legit great writer. So I'm just like, I don't want to read this guy doing better <laughs> stray dogs than me. <laughs> while I'm still, uh, while I'm still working. I would, nah, I'd say I don't buy that. I'm, I'm really don't. I think, I, I think, 
I, I think the inception element is 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 the key part. Fair enough, you might have to put extra bits in for for translation oh. to to pad a story out. I mean, I remember back in the day, the Thunderbirds puppet show used to be thirty minutes, and they had to put extra scenes in to pad it out to make it. You know, so you have once you you've got the issue, the, the story yeah. works for for the for the immediate medium it was aimed for. So you know, tip top. Yeah, I mean, cool. I feel like Excellent. you can read it probably in about an hour. Uh, and I think a movie you want it to be about an hour and a half, so there's room to, you know, room to put some stuff in there, yeah. extend Maybe. stuff a little bit. I trust Maybe. them, and also yeah. it's sort of having a screenwriter gives me the plausible deniability that like if something goes wrong and it's not great, <laughs> you just go sign the book. Sign the book, man. No, it's not yeah. in the book. Didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, so this book, um, Stray Dogs, it seems super um super digital in lots of ways so when i looked at the credit pages i just want to give shout out to, to everyone involved if that's all right you've already sure. mentioned um trish um Fosner as the artist yeah yeah um yeah great absolutely i love the expressions on the dog's faces you can yeah you can see the yeah. emotions that they're going through so that was really good brad simpson's colorist colorist's colorist yeah. Don't super good. take that the wrong way. Super cool. Super good. Flashback scenes, great. Uh, the horror scene. I love the transitions between like the regular part of the house versus the place you're not supposed to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he does very good mood. I'm working with him on everything I do. So, yeah. like, I, I'm keeping him around. So, explain if possible what a flatter does, please. And this oh. is Lauren, Lauren Perry. Yeah, this is an easy one. So, um, most colorists just have their own flatter. Okay. Um, but Lauren used to be my roommate and she flats all when I draw my little pony cover, when I do interior, whatever, she does all my flats. Uh, when I color myself, it's basically like you go in like a coloring book and you fill in all the lines with colors, but they don't have to be the right colors. You're just basically breaking them up so that when the colorist comes in, all they have to do is just click on it and it'll be selected and then they can just go and like paint in all the right colors. Ah, okay. Rather than, cool. rather than a colorist just gets a blank page and they have to go like, uh, fill in shapes and do all this stuff. Ah, they can right. just do the, the skilled labor. They can jump in and just do the actual working of it and yeah. sort of, not that Lauren is unskilled. It's a, it's a, yeah. It's I, I kind of, when you said skilled, I was like, Ooh, you're going to get a kick in for that. <laughs> yeah. But it's just for her, it's like busy work. You know, she has yeah. a, she has a regular job, and then on her off time, she sits around and just colors in boxes, and she'll complain at me when I don't close off lines or when something's particularly messy. She'll just be like, why did you do this? I don't want to do this anymore. But um, she's done my whole career. She's flatted all my stuff. And so cool. when I started working with Brad, I was like, I'm going to already have these flatted. And then I get a little discount on the pages because so, he doesn't have to pay <laughs> a flatter. Oh, yeah. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, yeah. Lauren Herder, logo and design. Yeah, I took I took a punt on this. Did Lauren Herder provide the letters for the book? No, I lettered everything. Oh, um, there you go. So, wrong again. I just didn't take a credit because I don't taking... like when it says like co-creator, writer, yeah. letterer, thumbnail yeah. artist. You know, like all this stuff. If it's part yeah, of just yeah. like the production of the book, you know, I don't want to get lettering work, so I don't. I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to say that you stapled the thing together, right? Yeah. <laughs> did everything but put the staples in all right then so interesting choice you you talk about not um boxing lines in the word bubbles 
aren't boxed. Is that to yeah. sort of like imply that the dogs have this hidden language that we're not supposed to know about? No, it was, was more it a design choice. It was more of a design choice. It was just sort of in keeping with the animated style. Um, mm -hmm. Like I feel like the traditional balloons. Um, that's comic book language, right? Like yeah. you see a black line around them and the pointy tail and, and you go like, I'm reading a comic book. And I uh -huh. feel like for this one, where we're trying to evoke a specific, it's a weird, it's weird to describe it because I definitely wanted it to be a comic book, uh -huh. but I wanted people to get that feel like they were watching like a Don Bluth movie or a yeah. Disney movie. Um, and so I was trying to do certain things like the way, like the way Brad did the colors was something we talked about real specifically. And the way we did the lettering too uh, was specifically just so that you don't immediately go like, Oh, I'm reading a comic. You know? mm -hmm. okay. Even though obviously you're reading. A comic. No, but, no, I get it. Okay. Yeah. That's just fine. a little, little thing. And they yeah. do that a lot in European comics. And I like the way it looks. For a little while they were doing that thing where it would be like low or uh, yeah, low opacity. Mm -hmm. Word balloons, you can sort of like see the art behind. I do not like that, but yeah, that's that's just just too much, isn't it? Just too much. Yeah. Just, it detracts the eye. It just distracts and everything. It kind of, yeah. you know, and you, it reads you, very digital. Yeah, I mean, for all our for all our sins, we are Western comic book readers, and we you know we read yeah. a certain way. I expect a certain thing, and I think I will say that this. I don't think letters get enough credit because I think and what I read recently. What's inf Infinite Frontier number one from mm -hmm. DC? Letter is not credit on the credit page. Not letter. Not credit on what? The DC. Really? Yeah, not credited on DC's own website. I had to go thumbing through lots of different websites to find out who the letterer was. It was Tom yeah. Napolitano. So like, he's one of DC's guys. Yeah, you know, he's Weird. doing he's doing a lot of DC work. He's you know, it's not like you know it's somebody who's kind of you know just kind of breaking in. It's it's someone you know it's same with doomsday clock but yeah at, at times doomsday clock the colorist and the letter weren't credited so you're taking from a review point of view you're taking a punt and i want to say you know letters are great by such and such you know so cool. yeah no uh, uh, that's over. the reason there's a letter of credit is <laughs> because it's it's secretly me and the reason i don't use a letter is because i'm a, like a control freak and so i'm changing <laughs> stuff and tweaking stuff it, like I'm at the same time a control freak and very guilty. So like if I was asking somebody to make changes up until the last minute, I would be just a total basket case. So this way I can just do this work myself and just have it under control. And then if I decide like the minute before it goes to print, like, Oh, they should say, uh, dot, dot, dot before they start talking, then I can do that. Because if I had to email somebody with something so stupid as that, it would just be like, who cares? You know, like it could never possibly matter. But it matters um, to me. And so. Yeah, it's your project. It's your, it's your thing. Um, I've said this before. I've asked this question before loads of times, actually. So if it was, uh, do writers tend to see themselves as de facto editors, especially if it's your creation? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, on creator-owned stuff, definitely, you know, like, at least in the stuff that I've done, it's sort of like I'll, I'll pick it up and have to carry it to the, you know, Find, you know, because nobody's asking me to come up with a story and bring it to them, yeah. you know, like I'll come up with a thing and then I'll find my collaborators and we'll work on it mm -hmm. together. But, you know, I've been very lucky that I've had very dedicated collaborators, mm -hmm. uh, but you still have to do a little bit of like, you know, 
I'm the one who keeps all the files and does the uploading and deals with, you know, art comes to me and then I send it to the flatter and I send it to the colors and I send it to, so definitely like editorial type work. Yeah, maybe you should put uh, that in here. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right put the staples in. You like the Jim Jensen of comic books. Um, now you didn't mention uh, Tony Rodriguez on layouts too. I didn't. I, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Tony Rodriguez. Tony Rodriguez's layouts. So how does that yeah. work when you've got layouts as well as an artist? So uh, it works out really good for us in this case specifically, just because Tone um, like knows storytelling and he knows how to draw mm -hmm. stuff in like perspective and just like all the fundamentals of of how to draw a comic page. Tone has down pat and Trish is a newer artist, you know, like Straight Dogs number one is the first comic she drew. Really? Um, no way. Yeah, the first one to come out was a My Little Pony, but she actually did that after we'd already been working on Stray Dogs. Wow. So with having a layout artist, we were sort of able to just give Trish um, like a blueprint that yeah. was just like, here's what this should look like. You draw the dogs and have them be perfect and sort of put all your flourishes and, and do like mm -hmm. storytelling stuff like within the characters. But as far as like the structure of the thing, you don't have to worry about that. And with her like being new and also basically having this is like a part time job for her because she's a full time. She has a real job still, so she could just <laughs> sort of like log on, yeah, and draw her part. I mean, she still, you know, put everything into it and mm -hmm. you know hardly slept for two years. But <laughs> you know, imagine if she would have had to also like you know draw that house. 30 yeah. times or draw that same sunroom yeah, 30 yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. So that's so, what I need for my Spider-Man pictures. I need someone to do my layouts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could do the backgrounds, for sure. Get rid of the square buildings. It sort of ended up becoming, at first Tone would draw like the full things with the dogs in it and everything. And then as mm -hmm. the job went on, we saw how good Trish was at the dogs. And it was just mm -hmm. like, we don't even have to do that. You know, just give her the shape of it and put a little squiggle where the dog goes and then she can she can take it from there. So, and I, and then since then she's laid out her own stuff for other jobs. Um, and she, now she sort of has internalized that, like yeah. that knowledge and can sort of move on. Yeah, she's acquired the skills. So the yeah. training wheels, training wheels are now off. There you go. Yeah. Go create. What was it like working with image for image, well, with image comics? Cause I mean, there's lots of, lots of indie books, indie publishers out there. You've got like indie, uh, Image, you've got Scout, you've got Ahoy, you've got Vault, you know, yeah. all of all of those people, um, Aftershocks, you know, yeah, yeah. They, they do a lot of kind of like twisty, turny suspense. Yeah, they've got that animosity, they've done animal books yeah, yeah. too. So, I mean, um, how, how, how was, how was working, how did you get with Image and, and what was it like working with someone who has quite a diverse portfolio themselves? Yeah, so Cal uh, Higgins is a buddy of mine and I had told him about the idea of stray dogs um, mm -hmm. probably like a year before we started actually drawing it and stuff. I ran into it at a convention. I was like, Oh, this is the next thing I'm working on. Um, and he loved it uh, right away. Like he just was so psyched about it and so supportive. And, and he was mm -hmm. like, when this comes out, can I just, can I take it to image? Cause he's like, is friends with those guys. And he's like, you know, uh, so sort of like a privileged situation where, somebody likes my stuff and they want to take it to somebody who likes their stuff, that sort of, it's, it's who, you know, type shit yeah. where like when you hear that, it seems, uh, it seems like diminishing, like, well, I mean, 
I also made a really good thing and then it was who I knew, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's not like I just showed up with nonsense. It was just like, yeah. my dumb shit. Knock um, on the doll. Rage days. <laughs> but so, uh, when we got the pitch put together, um, it was around Comic-Con and Kyle was down there before I was, mm-hmm. and he was out at drinks or something with Eric Stevenson. And he was just, uh, he likes to tell this story where he was showing him something on his phone from a book he was working on. And we opened up Dropbox it, my pitch was still open and Stevenson was like, well, what's that? And he was like, <laughs> Oh, this is this thing. Uh, it's about a, a dog who realizes that she's a, a trophy from a serial killer. And she's in this house with all these other dogs. And Stevenson, before he could finish goes, and all the other dogs are trophies from that serial killer too. And he was like, <laughs> yes. And then Stevenson was just like, all right, sold. We'll publish that for sure. So, <laughs> then I just got a call like, "Hey, Image is going to make your book." Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't have okay. Anything. Okay. I spent forever, like, I spent forever like crafting a pitch document and a cover yeah. letter and all this stuff. And I was, you know, I was like reading other people's pitches and texting back and forth with people. Should I say Eric or Mister Stevenson? How, what do you, th- you know? And then it didn't end up really mattering. But <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we ended up with them. And then working with them. Uh, is really great you know like they think of a lot of stuff that we wouldn't think of as far as like marketing and uh, getting the book out there um I mean, they've been doing it for a while so yeah yeah they know what they're doing but the great thing like one of the best things about publishing with them is the benefit of the doubt that i think we got mm-hmm. just from being an image comic but because yeah, our book yeah. is our book is so bizarre on in concept you know like it's a disney yeah. horror you know and if yeah. you if you said that and it was from a publisher that you didn't trust implicitly, uh, yeah. you'd just be like, I don't know. You know, nobody's yeah, going to really pay attention to it. But yeah. since it's an image number one, there's enough people that will just give it a shot because they're like, well, they're not going to put out something that's pure garbage. You know, like well, something's got to be going on here. Generally, they're not going to put out something that's pure garbage. <laughs> oh, I was just I was just going back through the history of image books. I'm like, well, the well, is, in uh, the last, uh, in the last, I'm joking. I'm, I'm winding you up. Just it's fine. Oh, yeah, I mean, hey, you're absolutely right. Image, you know, you're talking Walking Dead, you're talking Sunstone from Stephen Teach, you know, all yeah. that stuff. You know, the, the the they are probably the problem. The thing they don't do very well, probably, if you're going to say anything, is superheroes, which is ironic considering where they came from. But yeah. hey ho, I mean, move to the times. Whether they did them super well back then. I mean, Savage Dragon, <laughs> you know, yeah, had sure. Uh, Spawn, Spawn's back, isn't it, with Spawn Universe? You know, so I don't know. I didn't read it yet. I assume that, it's wonderful. I haven't read it either. I'm going to say this, even though I've interviewed Todd McFarlane. I'm not a big Spawn fan. Uh, I love the art in Spawn. I don't much care about the story of Spawn that much. Although the more the more I think about it, the more I'm uh, like I find parts of it interesting. You know, like oh, that's yeah. interesting stories and stuff. But yeah, it it depends because. Um, obviously, McFarlane was on it for ages, and then Capullo came on it. So, and then I like did, that stuff. I like the yeah. Tony Daniel stuff. I like that guy, like John Cleary, that he had for a little while. Uh, I think like I, from the Bruce crew. I think Tony Daniels gets a gets a, a bit of a rough ride, to be honest. I, I, well, I really like his work. Yeah, I think for him being on those Morrison books too, when people were used to like a certain kind of thing, and then he yeah. came in, in like an Image Comics artist, you know, like yeah, he was yeah, a real. Yeah. And people are looking for a more, you know, Grant Morrison. Yeah, well, I kind of get, I kind of get the vibe that people view him as a kind of also ran Jim Lee, and and the two aren't exactly 
that they're not i can see the similarities like people when they say that but it's like mm, there's plenty of differences as well if you go along. yeah no for sure yeah. especially back in those spawn days like he was a lot cartoonier he had a lot more mcfarlane and like cartoon influence in his stuff and he's, he's definitely gotten a lot tighter since then but i like both it's, of them it's interesting because when you talk about artists that jump on books whether it be you know back in the day with john ramita junior the senior taking over uh dick cole and, and stuff like that seems that traditionally the idea when a new artist comes in they've got to kind of look like the old artist for a while before right. sort of like getting us getting us along to where they want us to be in their natural style so you know, yeah it's, it's interesting when that happens all right yeah, i don't feel like they do that that much nowadays no I, you see that happens sometimes uh yeah but you know just kind of a, a thing so unless you're reading xenoscope I can't, I can't tell, I can't tell a stethoscope artist from another stethoscope artist. You times. know, Johnny, I haven't, I, I don't know. <laughs> hey, it's, it's my pain. It's my pain for reviewing comic books. That's what that is. All right. So when is uh, Dog Days out? Uh, hopefully around the end of the year. Like I say, we're drawing it right now. Uh, Tone Rodriguez is in my living room doing layouts as we speak. He flew out here to just sort of. We're gonna do like an old school jam session and just sit around and, and knock out comics for a couple of weeks. Cool. Um, and then it's just a matter of drawing a red color. So we're aiming for around the end of the year, but we're still working out all the details. And um, the Straight Dogs trade. When's that, Jim? That's that September. Uh, oh. September fifteenth or twenty-first, somewhere around there. Cool. Lots uh, of additional yeah. art pages and stuff in there to uh maybe we're still figuring that out too All right, um, okay. but then there's also the the free comic book day in august this year cool uh, and we've got a free comic book day issue that's issue one but with 10 pages 10 new pages um right. and it's the story of the first dog to come to the master's house um Ooh, so a little bit of history there Ooh, it'll sort of give you like a, a taste of what dog days is going to be too because it's cool. like that that length of stories, little short story stuff. All right, excellent. I look forward to seeing that come free comic book day. All right, Tony Fleece, thank you so much for spending some time with me to talk about what I think um, has been one of the biggest and best stories uh, this year. You know, if the as I said, if I get a vote for mini series of the year, Stray Dogs is getting my vote every time. Uh, I never should have talked about how do. good this book is. So, um, you know. Thank you so much for producing a book that genuinely, genuinely has made me cry for good reasons and bad reasons. It's made me laugh yeah. out loud and put a smile on my face. So, you know well, what? Thanks, man. If, that, if yeah. that's your overall aim of doing comics, color yourself success. Well done. I Thank think it is. Uh, and and uh, we, we love doing it and, and we love hearing that it worked on people. So we really appreciate it. We appreciate this and and uh and all the reviews and everything like you've just been so kind and we appreciate the, the support and spreading the word hey I only, i'm only kind when i like the book don't I'm like, I'm like <laughs> i'm like i'm like mr mcgee don't give me a bad comic book you won't like me when i get a bad comic book <laughs> sometimes i'll see a reviewer i'm just like oh they gave us 10 and then i look and i'm like oh, everybody else 10 too what's this you know no, so <laughs> I, I oh, i'm not that guy <laughs> i'm not that guy i appreciate um, i appreciate those guys too um, all right. <laughs> so um, that's it for this episode of Outside the Panels. Uh, don't forget to check out the UCPN for all your favorite pods, including the Definitive Crusade, 
where you get to talk about everything DC, the No Price podcast, which is the Marvel version, and of course, the flip side focus, where you get all your up-to-date indie um, and Kickstarter tips and hints. All right. Tony, thanks again. Really appreciate it. Um, and all that's left for me to say is uh, this is Johnny the Machine Hughes saying adios. Visit UndercoverCapes.com for the latest and greatest podcasts via the Undercover Capes Podcast Network. Also visit our parent company website, ComicCrusaders.com, all about comic pop culture.